Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. That's how we start the podcast. Are you already recording? That's how you yeah, want to do it. Yeah, I am now. Rec- I am. Now I recording. hit recording as you were screaming. <laughs> well, oh, I was it. recording when I started making the noise. So that's the start. I of the anticipated podcast. that the podcast would start with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the beauty of how being that? a professional. Wait, is- I'm Rob. I'm Robert Evans. Welcome. Okay. To- no, I don't like it. I'm, I'm not. Evans. I'm not doing it. No one else is Robert Evans because nobody else gets to introduce my show atonally and wordlessly. Uh, Uh, We have started then. We have started, yes. 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 That's correct, Robert Evans. Hi, everyone. Hello, America and parts of Canada. And the and UK, the New Zealand. No, we don't let them on here. Yes, we do. They all. Well, I love you guys. There are some real strict geotags mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that disseminate In Australia, this show. Australia, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on you. <laughs> if you're good on the, on the list, you shady could be next. motherfuckers is what I think. Hello, America, oh. except the wow, Celtics I'm fans very... in Boston. I don't say hi to you. This has been quite the introduction. Um, it's the last day of August as we record this, and we August did it. is a month. We did it, kind of, maybe. I mean, we'll see. Uh, the missiles could all start firing any time in the next several hours. Yeah, we got like uh, nine hours left to yeah, really, we got like nine hours. Really sit in it. But I did say, I don't know, I started saying a few months back that August was going to be a really fucking horrible month, and uh, <laughs> it's been a really fucking horrible month. Uh, as I, like, like this Saturday, like two days ago, I guess, less than two days ago, a um, uh, guy got shot dead in the streets of Portland. Um... 
that that was not good. Uh, looks like it, people are going to be escalating a series of heavily armed rallies between left wing and right wing demonstrators that are likely to degenerate in a gunfight. So September might be even worse. Probably is going to be. So that's good. I'm really tired of you being right, Robert. Too much time until November. So, folks, when things like this happen, and when I say things like this, I mean the complete collapse of democratic society into an authoritarian, blood-soaked nightmare. When things like this happen, we here at Behind the Bastards know of only one way to try to keep people's spirits up, try to maintain... You know, um, that that fighting spirit that we're all going to need to get through this. Um, And that way is, of course, reading excerpts from Ben Shapiro's unbelievably terrible novel, True Allegiance. Ah, beautiful prose. Mm -hmm. Gosh, describe it correctly. My goodness. (laughs) Did I introduce the show or Katie and Cody or did I just start shouting (laughs) atonally? Um, Yeah, I can do it. Okay, what is this show, Sophie? This show is Behind the Bastards, and it's That's hosted good. by you, Robert Evans. I am. That seems right. I am your executive producer, Sophie Lichterman. Mm-hmm. Anderson so is, the, uh, is the is uh, the is the is our CEO. Um, okay. Um, and then we're joined today by uh, uh, Katie Stoll and Cody Johnston of some more news, even more news, worst year ever, and just epicness. That's good. Okay. Well, well done. everybody's that was great. Oh my god! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank on you the, so much. On the horse, the horse. Everyone is uh, has has boarded the horse. So giddy oh, up, horse. folks. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the horse is in the back, and I got really scared that you knew a pop culture reference. <laughs> uh, the horse in a bag? No, I don't know any of that. <laughs> what I do know <laughs> is that we just finished. Uh, we just finished when we last left off, and I recommend. There's been like what now three episodes of this I beforehand. So. We're just going through, and we're just skimming Ben's novel and reading s- chunks of it because it's very funny. Um, the last chapter was Brett Hawthorne, combat general and prisoner of terrorist man in uh, the city of Tehran, Iran, which, yeah. Is, attacked by yeah. short terrorists. Yeah, <laughs> attacked by the bear of a man, uh, kidnapped by short terrorists. Um, so, yeah, Brett Hawthorne, kidnapped by terrorists. He just had gotten thrown into the cell after having his big meeting with the bad terrorist guy. Um, the evil terrorist uh, drifted off to sleep thinking of his wife Ellen um, or the TV show Ellen um, that's unclear I, at this point it's unclear yes <laughs> um, I choose I mean I'm praying for Ellen too Brett we all are mm, we all we all are mm-hmm. okay so the next chapter is a President Prescott chapter which is again Ooh. Barack Obama but white um, <laughs> yes Yes. Barack yes. Obama, but white and mixed with a little bit of FDR. <laughs> and Hitler. And Hitler. Like, let's not yeah, forget yeah, the Hitler yeah. parts. Um, okay. What, what were you asking, Katie? I was going to say, did we decide, like, a prototype for him? Like a like a Kevin Costner? I don't know if that's... <laughs> you know, I, the, 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 it seems like Ben is patterning the president in this off of the kind of person who has not gotten elected ever in democratic okay. politics but um republicans believe is like yeah he's like the fantasy republican democratic president right so he's like a little bit of Hit- bill clinton yeah um, okay. mixed in with a little bit of hitler that's that's yeah. that's what we get with yeah. president yeah, prescott yeah, yeah. yeah 
President Prescott always felt a surge of power through his body when he's set in the Situation Room. <laughs> this is where they had made all their biggest decisions. It's where Kennedy read teletype during the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's where President Barack Obama had sat watching SEAL Team 6 take out Osama bin Laden. And this is where Prescott knew he'd be sitting at the head of the table while American Special Operations troops dispatched Ibrahim Ashami. It is kind of unclear in this up until now. I think this is the first Barack Obama reference we get. Yeah, very unclear for Barack Obama. <laughs> what the timing has been of like American history in Ben Shapiro's alternate timeline. Um, he's a very right, is this, important is this question. just the president right after Obama? Yeah, or I think is this, this is the guy. This later? is like, what if a random Democrat who was also Hitler mm-hmm. who got elected instead of Trump? That's that's I mean, you could fantasy. make a case that that is Trump in some capacities, but. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Trump, I don't think has ever been awed by um, the the weight of a historical. No, moment, uh, no. anything <laughs> because he's not really capable of feeling the emotion of awe. But anyway, uh, yeah. So they intelligence uh, figured out General Hawthorne's signal. If you remember, he was like being he was on one of those terrorist videos and he'd like blinked the coordinates of where he was. Heck, yeah, um, he did. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Hawthorne had spoken the pre-written message from Ashami just as Ashami had written it, prompting a national debate on whether Hawthorne had, should have complied with the propaganda requirements of the world's leading terrorist. But intelligence kept the fact that Hawthorne hadn't complied under their hat. While the West, rest of the world had watched Hawthorne's mouth, intelligence had watched his eyes. Which is very funny to me because, like, every time anything vaguely, like, that's that's any that's vaguely a mystery occurs that involves like a video clip that's you know anytime something like that goes viral whether it's a murder or whatever the entire internet sets to trying to solve it and if this guy had been blinking in morse code while delivering like like (laughs) there's a zero percent chance that everything he had been saying wouldn't have already been like decoded by 17 year olds for sure we have internet 4chan would have figured it out (laughs) yeah my favorite murder would have figured it out was that one sentence that you just read um but intelligence kept the fact that Hawthorne hadn't complied under the... Oh, wait, no, 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 that's a few sentences. That's a couple. Okay, oh, that's a couple. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Good so, improvement, improvement, Ben. Yep. He hired yeah. a copy editor for this chapter. Yeah, he must have. So, yeah, this he talk, Ben talks about how Hawthorne had taken the trick of blinking in Morse code from a Vietnam-era uh, POW who'd blinked out torture which is maybe a little bit easier than blinking out uh, the coordinates airstrike now and then <laughs> geographical coordinates. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. very funny. Um, and also just that they would know like that that would be what the, that the government would instantly agree. Ah, uh, yes, this captured person has called for an airstrike on the capital of a sovereign nation. <laughs> That's got to be what we do. That's, surely. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only do we know that that's what he's calling for, we're going yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to launch. Yeah. Well, no, he does note. Ben does note. The message prompted a full-scale debate inside the White House. It raised too many questions. First, was Hawthorne's location correct? How would he know where he was, given that prisoners were typically blindfolded and kept in windowless rooms before their executions? If Hawthorne was wrong about the location in a heavily populated area of Tehran, the United States could end up with the blood of dozens on its hands and an international mess almost impossible to clean up. They could blame it all on Iranian nuclear weapons. But after Iraq, the public wouldn't be buying. (laughs) That's not a. That's not ben, the reason. That, yeah. And, that's not the reason not to kill dozens of innocent people. Yeah. <laughs> that the public un, might unsu- not buy it. Yeah. Right. 
like, I guess it yeah, is maybe we yeah. can't get away with killing mm-hmm. the civilians. Although, to be fair, he has written articles about how he doesn't care about civilian casualties. So he this sure isn't, did. Isn't very surprising. <sighs> you know, it just occurs to me, Cody, because that article he wrote about how he thinks it's he thought it was stupid whenever people complained about civilian casualties in Afghanistan and it's fine to kill civilians in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. He was 17 when he wrote that article. He, he was. And he was. there's probably a pretty good essay to be written by someone smarter than me about Ben Shapiro, age 17, urging the nation to mass murder strangers in Afghanistan and Kyle Rittenhouse, age 17, taking his AR-15 across state lines illegally to shoot strangers in another city. Yeah, Probably somebody, something there. Something Still going something on there, there. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Second, even if Hawthorne was right, could the American aircraft breach Iranian airspace to take out a Shami? A strike in a populated area would require too much pinpoint accuracy for a missile. Military aircraft would have to be utilized. Such an attack would surely have grave ramifications for international politics, including ongoing nuclear negotiations with the Iranian... Yeah, I think you're not going to keep negotiating with them if you bomb their capital right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do Might suspect that would any... have an impact. <laughs> like, love the... it's, it's logic and reason. He's using logic and reason. Yeah. Um, this is also like incredibly boring. That's it what is I was really it say. is really boring. It's like basic <laughs> stuff like, oh, they might shoot the plane down and that would be a problem. Like he's he's tried to like portray this dude as like this feckless and wildly irresponsible president, but then everything he's going through in his head is like, yes, these are all things you'd have to consider if you were going to bomb the capital of Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's yeah. like what are we what are we spending our time on here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, And then he has this thought go through the heads of this presumably, like, supposedly progressive Democratic candidate. The Israelis were sitting around waiting to strike Iran's nuclear facilities. With the Americans taking action on Iranian soil, they could take advantage of the situation to double up with a brief bombing campaign, sinking any possibility of a nuclear deal. It's like, I don't know, just very, very... Boring? Uh, boring. Yeah, boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not like, he's not doing like a, a a very legitimate like thought process. No. But also it's boring. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need any of this. I don't need to hear this, this internal debate. Um, or if you're going to write a scene where they talk about these things and you have characters giving yes, these viewpoints yes, yes. and then arguing. Like, show me two more long paragraphs where he just oh. goes back and forth about like this would be a good foreign policy triumph and it'll people won't call me a coward but you know we could also just do it later and it's just it's 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 again like right you said have people right converse reveal things about the characters of the individuals in this administration by how they react and discuss the different possibilities like chances you know, are everyone would have a different viewpoint and then i would learn something about each one of them based on their viewpoint yeah, yeah, do the thing, like, watch a single episode, I normally wouldn't say this, but watch a single episode of The West Wing, a show that has <laughs> characters that argue about, th- like, what to do, <laughs> yeah. and do yeah. that instead of this, yeah, um, that would be never my thought, advice Yeah, never thought, <laughs> thought, like, watch The West Wing would be, like, great advice, but just watch The West Wing. Well, he wants to write television, so he should know that dialogue is an option. <laughs> he does, and it is, <laughs> yeah. it's one of the best options. yeah. You could have dialogue in this moment. Um, yeah. Ugh. 
yeah, it's very, it keep, just keeps on going. In fact, Prescott had been leaning in, leave it, leaning in the direction of leaving things be, but two factors had decided him on action. First, Prescott wanted a taste of glory. Just Prescott, 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 like Ben. Chill, bro. Write a book, write a book, yeah. Like, have him be a character that does things. Don't just, like, tell us, yeah. Have him, like, like Prescott, like, proposes to do that, and then one of the characters says, like, you just want, you just want it for the glory. Or, like, what, like, obviously not that exactly, because that's bad. <laughs> but, like, have people challenge him or something, and then he yeah. explains why they're wrong, or he wavers because maybe they're right or something. Or he has to Jeez. ignore good advice, and you, like, see him make a choice to, like, yeah. Yeah, no, instead... Uh, that sounds like a lot more work. Yeah. Or he could write an essay. A yeah. really long, he, boring essay about it, like all yeah. the options. And it, it turns out the president decides to bomb a sovereign nation because that would make it difficult for Congress to turn him down about his uh, his work freedom program, the everybody gets a job program that he wants to, to ram through. Yes. Hmm. Is okay. that Congress what they settle it. on? Yeah, Congress famously is a huge fan of the United States randomly bombing the capitals of sovereign nations. Uh, And so you get whatever you want as president if you are like, hey, guys, I just bombed Iran for no good reason. What Ben is doing here is showing us a stunning understanding of our government and how it works. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is showing us a Done, like he's just showing us a window into what he thinks the government should operate like, what he thinks people should do in order to get what they want. Yes, that's what I actually meant. Yeah, that really yeah, is well, yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, it's so the president, uh, who again only cares about his his uh, like signature piece of uh, social welfare legislation that's clearly meant to frame him as a Nazi because mm-hmm. the work mm-hmm. freedom program are bite mocked fry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he already not? had his. So while he's like getting his final briefings for the bombing of the capital of a sovereign nation, uh, he's daydreaming about the work freedom program and he, he writes a slogan on his hand. This is what Ben calls a slogan. Protecting America from those who would harm it abroad and at home. Excuse That's a me? lot for a hand, that honestly. Is, that is a lot for a hand and a lot for a slogan. That's a lot for a slogan. It's, it's that Simpsons giant hand mm-hmm. character. I'm tired of all these <laughs> jokes on my giant hand. If Trump First had hired Ben to, to run his campaign, it would be making America a country that used to be better, better than it is currently because <laughs> it's not good enough right now. Would be good for us. Yeah. <laughs> Comma America. Put that on a fucking hat. <laughs> Uh, second, some right-wing bloggers had caught onto Hawthorne's signal. Mostly, they were kooky survival... Caught onto Hawthorne. So, okay, a bunch of right-wing bloggers had had found out that he was... Sign- okay, so Ben does they, include yeah. the internet cracking the code. That's good. Yeah, that is good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gotta and be fair to Ben. And talking about kooky right-wing bloggers, so that's yeah. good, too. Yeah, mostly they were the kooky survivalist types, the kind of folks who posted conspiracy theories on message boards, but the CIA informed Prescott that such information, once it got out, could jeopardize any sort of attack. Um, so that's that. Okay, I'll give Ben credit for that one. That that was been that was been understanding a reality of the world around him, and then using it to predict something in a a fictional scenario. Um, good job, so Ben. He did, he did that. All right, so that's good. Good um, sentence, Ben. Yeah. Already, some of those nuts on Fox News had been making oblique references to the rumors. Um, 
be nice to like hear what that was. Like, how do you make an oblique reference to people online believing that a U.S. general is calling for airstrikes on Tehran using Mm. Morse code blinking? Like, how do you like? How do you slyly reference that? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, Right. Like that's another thing. We're like, show me that. Yeah. Yeah. Show me. Tell. Show me these things. Instead of just telling me them in the least interesting way possible. So, yada, yada, yada. We talk about how he decides not to do an airstrike, and the CIA has its own thing that they tell him to do, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, now he's in the situation room. We're back around to where we were at the start of this chapter. He's sort of explained. He didn't really. Yeah, it's just. Um, Wait, so, writing. like, we're, it's still, we're still in the situation room, and nothing now has really happened. They've just described, like,. He, they've just explained why we're here. Okay. As opposed cool. to weeks of debate or days of debate, you know, had ended with like, you know, he knew that it was time for action. You know, sometimes you just can't listen to other people's arguments. You have to make a call. Well, because also like you, yeah. like just in terms of like storytelling, mm-hmm. that's a, that's the chapter that you write, right? Like you, like here's You either this, have a here's chapter, this, yeah, you about the, TV. the debate. Like it's, yeah. here are all the things that are happening on television. The here's the debate. Cryptographer or whoever who figures it out and informs the government, and then you have like the meeting and like now this is again if President Prescott and his administration are characters, if there's characters in here that we like we can engage with and be interested by, even if they're the bad guys um, or if they're incompetent, if they're characters, but they're not characters. No, they're not. um yeah they're they're just like there for Ben to yeah to, they're little wax sculptures, they're little yeah. little action figures for him to play with yeah they're little action figures that's exactly right um yeah yeah, so he sends in i guess a a wet work team to go uh get this guy out uh somehow um yeah the cia okay um so that's great so he's he's told that the cia success odds are less than 25 percent, but he sends in a cia team anyway um i bet they're successful Thanks for the yeah, odds, Yeah, let's ben. see here. Now the, CIA, the, now the CIA operatives, dressed in local garb, set a quick burning charge <laughs> on the outside of the ironwork door. It flared brightly, but the alleyway, but in the alleyway there was nobody to see it. One of the operatives gently nudged the door open with its foot. For him spread a dark hallway. No lights, came in order. Check, whispered one of the men. They crept down the hallway, visibility no greater than 10 feet ahead. To the sides ran door after... Yeah, okay, so Ben's trying to write an action scene. <laughs> the guy identifies himself as police. Um, yada, 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 yada. Uh, just a bunch of guys doing a doing a boring special forces type raid thing. Yeah, I don't need to... So I don't need the, team, the team finds Brett and he's... Uh, uh, Blinking screaming. wildly! Okay. Well, kind of. Yeah. So the cracked cement tore into the soles of Brett's feet, gashing them. But Brett hardly felt it. He hadn't moved this fast since high school football. Get the fuck out of here, he screamed at the American standing 20 yards above him on the stairs. They know you're here. Get out. He heard the sound of a couple of safeties being switched off, and then he saw the guns pointed directly at him. Run, you morons, he shouted. The operatives were blocking the stairs, standing there idiotically. Then again, he had time to think. He was covered with blood from head to toe. He didn't have time to explain the blood, however. He didn't have time to explain the bodies of Yusuf and his fellow thug. So we don't get any explanation as to... He's killed a bunch of people. Um, Brett has. And I guess freed himself? I, um, that's, yeah. I'm like, what the... What, what is but happening? We haven't here? had another chapter of him. So this is just... Yeah, they're just letting us know that, like... 
without yeah he, he he's he's, he's already been all. working to get out oh here we go the next page or two is him explaining again but he's doing this thing where like he's trying to he's he'll have an action scene and then he'll spend two pages explaining all the things that happened before that action scene that he was just at and he keeps doing it this way instead of just telling a story I cr- like hate when people do that not just because ben shapiro does it but i hate in general scripts or stories and stuff where you're like you have to stop and be like did i miss something <laughs> i i don't like that I don't like it. Yeah, because he wanted he didn't he didn't want to like write a complicated scene where like this team breaks in and Brett has to like free himself like as they're sort of coming in and like clearing the building and it's tense. So instead, like he has them just greet him. Brett's already freed himself. They meet him having freed himself and he warns them that it's a trap. And then we go back for two pages and explain how he freed himself before this all happened so that we can return to the present. Unbelievable. And if you're okay, so if you're going to do that. Fine. Don't go back and explain it. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. Like if 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 you want to do the thing where like, oh, he's he was already breaking out, and that's mm-hmm. that's okay. Move on. Yeah. End the last chapter on a night where like and then, you know, uh Brett began to, you know, saw away at like his his cuffs or something, like as the guard exactly. walked away or something. And then like, oh, and then we see him, he's freed himself. Clearly, this was set up before. I don't need you to go back two pages and disrupt the flow of the yeah, narrative to explain it all the in detail. In boring detail. Very boring detail of him killing these two Pakistani teenagers or uh, Iranian oh, teenagers. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just the phrase, uh, standing there idiotically, just right, and they were just standing there. Sure. We can infer that they shouldn't be standing there like that and doing nothing. You don't need to tell us that they're being idiotic about it. Yeah, yeah. It's And also, uh, I should note here that Brett Hawthorne stabs the teenage boy guarding him through the eye uh, when he is on the ground. Um, Where do you pinned. get a knife? Uh, oh, I don't know. It happens. I'm not going to read through this whole yeah. stupid fight. But he stabs a teenage boy to death in the eye. That's important for Ben to have happen. What? Yeah. Robert Hero. You know who yeah. won't stab a teenage boy in the eye? Your mom? In these in America's current pres- political climate, I can imagine almost anyone stabbing a teenage boy in the eye in the right circumstances, Woof. actually. That's Way fair. to make it real. Yeah, well. That's fair. Politics. But it's uh it's time for it's time for an ad break, not politics, Robert. It is time for an ad break. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of gail katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend bob at one point a woman's torso washed up on staten island and was misidentified as gail She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Oh, my God. I, for one, am excited about the next chapter, which is going to come after this. So, yeah, we also, during the minute. president's chapter, we we went back to, so we cut to the CIA team uh, freeing him. Like, that was, a, so we start with the perspective of the president. We move that. to the perspective <laughs> of the CIA team, and we immediately go from that to pr- the perspective of Brett Hawthorne, you which is how we end the episode without any sort of, like, clear break. It's bad. It's horrible writing. If you're going to divide your chapters up into characters, Stick sorry, to that's Do the thing format. that you set up the book to do. You And you don't have to do that. But you if don't you have say to do you're going to do that, yeah. you have to keep doing that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's very confusing and awkward. Um, yeah. <sighs> so I okay, but we no, we do get back to we do get out of. So Brett uh, tells the operatives to run, 
Uh, run, you morons, he shouted when the operatives finally recognized General Brett Hawthorne dressed he in an orange jumpsuit and covered with okay. blood. Okay. They turned and ran. They just run. <laughs> like, he tells them to run. <laughs> and these trained CIA operatives just run. Yeah. <laughs> they smashed their way down the hallway. No time for discretion now. No time for discretion. You're the... As the, they, no, yeah. they smashed their way down the hallway as the basement exploded, rocking the ground beneath them. Two of the men fell. Brett vaulted them, yelling at them to get up, grabbing one by... Good God, what a Wait, sentence. what? Oh, Two no. of the <laughs> men fell, semicolon. Brett vaulted them, comma, yelling at them to get up, comma, grabbing one by his bulletproof vest and virtually <sighs> throwing him down the hallway with his good hand, period. What does that, that mean? That might to vault be the worst someone? sentence yet. I don't know. That is a real How doozy. do you virtually throw someone? He, if he I don't know, but I'd like didn't. to find out because there's a lot of people I'd like to virtually throw. Yeah. I am very upset about that sentence. <laughs> there's, it's, it, ben has no idea how to use the active or passive voice. So the very next sentence is civilians' heads popped out into the hallway as the explosion registered. Semicolon. Pop out. They pop Bre- out. They popped the out. They pop out. They popped okay. their heads out, Ben, maybe? Brett looked uh. over his shoulder to see them engulfed in the flame that poured down the hallway like water through a flooding pipeline. <laughs> you know, maybe there's another piece of uh, secret Ben Shapiro understanding in the fact that the civilians don't take an action. Their heads just pop out and then they die. But it's not their action. Their heads just pop out into the hallway. Whereas Brett gets to have a direct action. He looks over his shoulder uh-huh. because uh-huh. he is the, is, a, is a human being. Um, they pop out their everyone heads, else is just they pop an out NPC. Their heads. They pop yeah, they out just their pop heads. out their head. Their heads pop out. No, they don't pop uh, out their heads, Cody. Oh, no. Their heads I'm, popped I'm, out. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just yes. can't. Yes. A blast of heat rocketed him through the door at the end of the hallway. The other operative sprinted ahead. One man behind him screamed inhumanly as the fire caught him. Inhumanly. Yeah, I'll bet bet it was inhuman. Brett turned back, pushed the man down into the dust, smelling his sizzling flesh as he tried to put out the (laughs) flames. The man's screams finally stopped as he fell unconscious. One of the other operatives grabbed the burning man by one arm. Brett grabbed the other. Together they ran down the alleyway into the darkness. And then we're back into the situation room. Because uh, this is the, the president's chief. chapter, after all. Yes, yeah. this is the president. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs turns back to the president and says, "They knew we were coming, Mister President. They knew we were coming." What do you mean? Prescott asked. You were just watching the explosion. <laughs> and then, how do you think our guys got out of there so easily afterwards? The Iranians must have known Ashami was there. They've been housing him. They just didn't want to fight us directly. That's all. They were expecting Ashami's thugs to take our guys out, and when that didn't happen, they backed off. That's a lot of conclusions to draw chairman of the joint chiefs of staff based on a chaotic video. <laughs> seems like it's your job to not do that, but seems like it. Ben needs to inform the audience very directly of what just happened rather than. Yeah. Because he's not sure that his prose is clear. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta clarify a bunch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, uh, but of course, the the president thinks the general's silly for being disturbed by this, and tells him to just take the night off because they rescued Brett Hawthorne, so everything's fine. Um, everything's fine. Everything's fine. All the people are stabbed and burned. Everything's yep. fine. So, uh, this is Ellen's chapter. Starts in Austin, Texas. Uh, she's obviously happy that her husband, uh, Brett Isn't Hawthorne, home? is coming home. <laughs> yeah, he's on his, he's on his way back. Oh. 
Okay. He, Prescott, the president, has just called her to tell her that her husband's coming home. Uh, She she notes that he expected praise from her, and she had to dutifully give it to him. Just kind of oh. just given where we are, yeah, because he's mm. he's so he's he's like Barack Obama, he's a Barack such Obama. a yeah, maniac. Yeah, he yeah. requires the praise. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's very happy that her husband's coming home. Uh, she hasn't seen him for a year. Uh, Prescott's doing a big old victory lap. Yada yada yada. Uh, it wasn't enough for the president to make political hay off of her husband's rescue after abandoning him in Afghanistan, and now he'd turned Brett's homecoming into a case for widespread troop withdrawals. She should have figured that would have been the next shoe to drop. Really, a deep understanding of America <laughs> that, like, that's how this country works. Yeah. You gotta love that Ben is so disconnected from the basic reality of the things that he gets angry about that he thinks the Democrats have ever supported troop withdrawal in any meaningful way from Afghanistan as opposed to (laughs) what happened under Barack Obama, the guy who was president not all that long ago, whose record in Afghanistan you can read about. The guy he's lampooning, the guy Mm -hmm. he's trying to make a point about. Yes, who massively surged U.S. troop presence in Afghanistan for years. Um, Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, take your word for it, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, good work, Ben. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, Prescott talks. Yeah, she, the, we're, we're just going through her being disgusted that Prescott wants to take bring American troops home from other. And countries. again, like this is all just like I and I. I don't have the book in front of me, thank mm-hmm. God. But I imagine <laughs> that what you're reading right now is just Ben describing her. Th- Thoughts and feelings yes. generally, like over a vague generally, sense of time. Along, along with describing what the president is doing, and like, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, like, write a scene, write a fucking scene, Ben. Yes, have her write like the conversation between them. You know, write her, write her sitting yes. and watching TV with her family <laughs> around her, and they all react differently, and that gives her something to actually interact with as a person, and we can see her mental state right, too. Like, That'd be great. Between yeah, them. maybe write her, her watching members. television when news yeah. is announced. Yeah, she's watching it with like her mom and her dad, or in her aunts or cousins or whatever, and like some of them are like, "Oh, the pre- that's such a nice thing for the president to say." And she gets angry and she snaps at them and screams at them and reveals her feelings and also the fact that she's on the fucking razor's edge. And then you have a character, like a scene, like a, like scene, a scene with characters, like a scene in a thing that people Jesus might want to read. God. Robert, I think Just you should suggestion. write a book. I've I wrote a book and it's bad, which is why I didn't publish it. <laughs> there um, you go. Yes. But like it's just like <laughs> it like so much of this reads like him summarizing what he wants to happen. Oh, it's his absolutely. summary of a book. Robert, yes. are like, you you think your book was bad? The one that I read? Yeah. That was it bad? Okay, well, uh-huh. this is not the, po- the topic of discussion. I read something nobody else did, and it is good. Yeah. I feel special. I feel special. I feel. It's not the topic of discussion now. The topic Phenomenal of discussion writer, Robert Evans, is continue. Ben Shapiro's terrible book. You also have um, a published book that everybody should buy instead of I do ben have Shapiro a published book. nonfiction book, but it's very different. Nonfiction and fiction are, are completely it's f- different. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You all should buy it. Yeah. But, uh, so. Big fan. Um, yeah, Bubba <laughs> gave gives Ellen the morning off because her husband's getting back from Afghanistan, which the morning? doesn't seem like a lot of time to give the, <laughs> to give her off. <laughs> How generous! Yeah, just I the might, morning. They don't even the like fuck? won't even let I, him have a nooner. <laughs> like, yeah, I might give her. I'm, you know what? If I'm the boss, you might get a weekend for that. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah take a four what? day. Have breakfast with your husband. <laughs> yeah. Your your husband was kidnapped and tortured in Iran. Take a three day, you know? <laughs> Just a couple of you. Go uh, down to Galveston, catch a flesh-eating virus. It's the unpaid, only thing to do in unpaid, Galveston. by the way. <laughs> Monday, though, you're back in this seat, or I swear to God, I will fire you and your family will starve on this. And street. you're going to actually have to stay, stay uh, late on Monday uh, yeah. to make up for the time that you took off. Yeah, I'm going to need like a, a couple of double shifts Monday. Let's say Monday through Thursday next week to make up for the weekend. Yeah. That's fair. There we go. I think we figured yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. The phone rang. Ellen hastily checked bes- her bedside clock. It read 7.56 a.m. She'd overslept. She'd taken a sleeping pill to calm herself down after the president's speech. Bubba had given her the Yada, yada, yada. Uh, they determined the determinate... The determinedly cheery ring continued. She leaned over, picked up. Ellen Hawthorne, she said groggily into the phone. It's me, baby. (laughs) We get it. You're tired. (laughs) Yeah. It's me, baby. Involuntarily, tears sprang to her eyes. She hearingly listened. We could just say tears sprang to her eyes. Like, like what what is the other option here, Ben? She forced tears to her eyes during the phone call at 7.56 in the morning? Uh, Whatever. Oh, God, you're all right, Brett. We don't have time, baby. I'm here. I'm fine. I can't tell you where I am right now for security reasons. We're not in American airspace yet, but I need you to call Bill. She immediately snapped to attention. Brett didn't need the loving wife right now. He needed the partner. She'd put on that hat so many times, it sprang to her without delay. What's going on? I need you to conference in Bill. He'll know. Why can't you call him directly? I can't explain. I'm your only call? They're monitoring it? You got it. So I guess like if you're a general who gets kidnapped and tortured in Iran... Like somebody get who gets arrested uh, by the cops, you get one phone call. <laughs> yep. Yep. Also, yep. I just, like, in such a short paragraph, so many times he indicated that she was acting hastily and immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snapping to attention very quickly. Like, yeah, that's the phrase. We get, uh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? So the bill that they're talking about is some general named Bill Collier that we haven't met before, I don't believe. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, and again, her husband uses his first and only phone call, presumably, to have his wife call another man to deal with problems for him, which I Sweet. do find funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bill, this is Ellen. I've got bread on the other line. I need to conference you in. Do it. Which is, again, now this is the stuff, Ben, you don't need to write out. You can just say... She added him to the conversation. She like clicked the thing on her smartphone. Like we don't we don't need to hear mm-hmm. her conference in this other guy into the right. conversation. Right. Like, like just, <laughs> yeah, the most unnecessary dialogue juxtaposed mm-hmm. with like no dialogue that we desperately want. Yes. So uh, there's some stupid movie greetings between this old grizzled general who I think is the mentor to Brett and Brett. And then, uh, oh, yeah. Bill, I need you to get your boys on something. I need them to find a known associate of Ashami's. Name's Muhammad. <laughs> That'll uh-huh. narrow it down, Ben. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, need you guys, I need your boys to find a guy. He has the most common name on planet Earth. <laughs> this is <laughs> Did you find John yet? I don't yeah. know what like you're talking Joe. about, bud. Yeah. I don't have oh. his last name. His yeah. name's Joe. Well, why don't you give me something tougher to do, like find a specific ne- Mexican named Juan? He's coming here to the United States. He's about five foot nine, one forty, skinny, maybe seventeen years old. Another seventeen year old. Yeah. You just stabbed one to death, Ben. What is wrong with you? I want to know well, what happened to him when he was seventeen. With seventeen yeah. year olds. It is weird. I don't like Bl- it. 
skinny, maybe 17 years old, blue eyes, angular face, sharp, big nose. <laughs> Get your boys on it. There's not much time. So we're looking for a big-nosed boy named Mohammed. <laughs> I can't. Uh, get me all the Mohammeds with all the noses you can find. <laughs> Give me every nose you see. <laughs> oh, God. And then he hangs up. That's all the info he gets on... Okay. Um, he could have said, I love I you, to his wife. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he's still on the, the line with with Ellen. Oh, okay. They they just this was a conference call. Right. He wants right. he, he wants room, he yeah. wants General Brett Hawthorne to only have one phone call for story reasons yeah. that are unclear as of yet. But he also <laughs> needs him to talk to multiple people. So we're doing this awkward sure, bullshit. Sure. I just thought when he hang, hung up, you meant mm-hmm. Brett Hawthorne hung up. All right, he's still on the line. He also, I think, he also wants Ellen and Brett to be like a badass patriot team. But the only thing he can think of her to do is to act as the center of a of a three way phone call. Um, <laughs> so that's worth noting. Like, it's like we're talking like it's some Star Trek nineteen sixty bullshit, right? Right. Before, right. before you know. Anyway, I'm sure Ben thinks it's a big deal. Uh, are you and okay, honey? Good. Ellen asked after she knew Collier had clicked off the line. She could hear him sigh audibly. If she could hear him sigh, Ben, then by uh, definition it was audibly. That's okay. so few. Okay. okay. You could. She could hear him sigh. There's the sentence. You could. Okay. He I don't sighed. know, sweetheart. He sighed. Yeah. yeah. He, he sighed. sighed. He, he sighed. He sighed. So he many sighed. ways to cut words out of this. Yeah. That don't help. Yeah. I don't know, sweetheart. Oh, well, it's like they say, brevity is the soul of, like, you got to use the words, right? Yeah, That's oh, brevity goes. is the soul of all the words, colon. Yep. The words that you got to use, comma. <laughs> you got to use them so that people understand use. what you're saying. The words, that is. The words that you use brevitarily. <laughs> I love that. Famous that things. Shakespeare quote? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, all right, so so he she hears him sigh audibly. All right, she hears him sigh audibly. Uh, I don't know, sweetheart. I don't know what I'm doing here. Why I'm doing it? What they did to my guys in Afghanistan? I know, sweetheart. I know that's not a conversation. Um, <laughs> Ellen, I wasn't supposed to live. That wasn't the message I gave. I blinked. Airstrike, not tactical mission, not rescue. Airstrike. Are you bummed that they used a surgical <laughs> method that re- rescued you and didn't kill dozens of people? Also, like Ashami was gone, the bad guy was gone. The airstrike would not have. Okay, like also he's yeah. he's like mad. He's like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be alive. I said airstrike. You, I would have. I wanted him to bomb Tehran. But you escaped. <laughs> you did the escaping. Yeah, yeah. You were you already also, gonna like. You stabbed that seventeen-year-old boy to death. <laughs> right. Like if and you saved thought, those like, CIA agents. <laughs> unbelievable. Yes. But sweetheart, you're alive. You're coming home. I know you feel guilty. I know you never meant to leave your men behind, but you alive is better than you dead. Me alive isn't better than a shami dead. He was there, Ellen. He was there. I gave him the location. I knew they'd have time to take the shot. But there's no explanation as to why, because they like film and edit a video and then put it out, and he's a terrorist. Whatever. There's but no, Prescott, yeah. damn him, didn't have the balls. He just didn't. And now a shami's out there, planning. He's smart, Ellen. Smart as hell. And he steps ahead of us. We were lucky to get out of there alive. If it hadn't been for a stupid thug named Yusuf, we'd all be a 17-year-old thug. We'd all be dead. And Prescott wouldn't have an international incident, would have an international incident on his hand anyway. Dead Americans and their body parts spread all over Tehran. Damn the man. Damn him. <sighs> Again, like, the the reason so the, to hate this president is that... He, he didn't, didn't do an airstrike. 
he didn't immediately jump to an airstrike based on a man blinking. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so she's happy that her husband's coming home. Uh, oh, God, I have to read this part, even though I think it might actually kill me to say. Oh, no. Um, like, I don't know that I'm going to live through this. She found tears in her eyes again. Her man, her strong, unwavering man, so ready to die. That's not a sentence. <laughs> not a sentence, Ben. But you're coming home, sweetheart. You're coming home. On the other end of the phone, she could hear her husband exhale. You're right, he said slowly. I'm coming home. Take a bullet for you, babe, she said. Take a bullet for you, sweetheart. The line kicked, clicked dead. What? Yeah, that's, that's how they end like... all their phone calls. Uh, I, I know, I know. It makes say... it, It's the worst thing I've ever seen on paper. With authority, I can say this. Yeah. With conviction. If yeah. I made it this far, I would slam the book down here. If yeah. I made it this far. You wouldn't have. No, I've, but... Oof. Yeah, I've read just straight up Nazi propaganda that was less pain inducing in, in its prose than that sentence. Like, Jesus, it's, it's a bad. real slog, Ben. Yeah. We have um, to take another break, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, in, in case you're li listening, I am comparing this unfavorably to the Turner Diaries. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, he's also written articles that read like the Turner Diaries, too, so... <laughs> he sure has. Yeah. Uh, oh. But you know what doesn't read like the Turner Diaries? The products and services that support this podcast. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are we are back. back we are back, back in back, reading back. Ben Shapiro's roll, book. roll, roll book. Man. I don't know. <laughs> I do want to think. Let's let's take a moment before we dive back into the story to think about the fact that Herman Cain uh, died from COVID nineteen after attending a Trump rally, and now the people who run the social media accounts he used to tweet from when he was alive are tweeting that it's not a real virus, mm-hmm. and that's. That's pretty great. It's That's a hard it's pivot, but yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's wild. Um, not not that convincing, but it is art. It is art. It's it's uh, it says literally everything that matters about the time we're in right now. Um, mm. it's all we need no one no one even really cares. Like it's it's not Who it's not something people give a shit about. Yeah. yeah, it's gone. It's 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 said and done and gone. It's one of those mm-hmm. stories that um, takes my already full cup a little bit over the edge mm-hmm. in such a way that you're like, I'm mad about it. I have mm-hmm. to let it spill. I have to let it roll down the side of this container and evaporate. Ooh, yeah. that was a little bit of a poetic uh, metaphor. <laughs> a poetaphor. A poetaphor? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let's get back to this bad I fucking did enjoy book. That, Katie. <laughs> let's 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 get I, back I to this. I keep bad yawning book. and it's not because of you guys. Oh uh, no. It's because I didn't sleep well. No, it's the book. Um are we still in the Ellen chapter? <laughs> um is it like God, the, yeah, we're a, I think we're a, yep, we are still. Um, okay. Yep. Because they're still on the phone, or like they just hung up they in just the, hung the up. cutest way possible. Soups um, adorbs, and then and then the next paragraph just lets us know that Bill Collier got a call from his wife a, a minute and twenty nine seconds later, and he let it go to voicemail because he was tracking down the man named Mohammed. Uh, How does Ellen? And know then that? we're back to I don't know that that paragraph <laughs> just happens. 
um, <laughs> with no God. understanding of like how we're aware of that. How our, anyway, it just is there. And then we're back to Ellen in a separate paragraph. He's like he's writing spark notes for his book. <laughs> it's, it it is doesn't a bit exist. Like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. The first phone call Ellen received came from Bubba, which it didn't. Uh, she He told her to turn <laughs> on the television. When she did, she saw the George Washington b- Bridge tilting in low motion. Oh, so there's been a terrorist attack on the bridge. Um, okay. Yeah, so, wow. And this just is all one paragraph, that the George Washington Bridge has been blown up and the president's vowed to take care of the perpetrators. One single paragraph. Uh, and that he's mobilizing National Guard troops to go to New York City. One paragraph. We we but, learn all of that information after, uh, yeah, just just but then, outstanding. Way if to I'm parse reading this book, this. I'm skipping a lot of paragraphs, <laughs> so I might have skipped that one. Yeah, yeah. Then you'd go right to. Then she heard a knock at her door. Then being after realizing that another 9/11 had just occurred, mm-hmm, and the president mm-hmm. had already reacted to it, and the National Guard had been mobilized. Then she heard a knock at her door. When she opened it, Bubba was standing there. His face looked gaunt, ashen. She ushered him into the living room, where he settled his bulk into her leather couch. I get a call from Prescott. He wants our boys out here there ASAP. I know. I saw it on the news. I won't send them, Ellen. She shuddered involuntarily. You know by law that you have to. The National Guard can be mobilized by the president once a national emergency has been declared. Under the pos- under posse comitatus, that isn't totally clear. But this ain't about law anymore. It hasn't been for a long time. We pull our troops off that border, and I'll have more dead ranchers on my hands, more children floating in that river. I don't have the stomach for that. I do believe there might be enough National Guardsmen to both clean up from a bridge <laughs> being bombed in New York and to do whatever bullshit they're doing on the border. We kind of have a lot of them. Is the like- whole National Guard on the border? Just all of them, huh? Every hand. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, perfectly believable. I misspoke. Very believable. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so it's just, it's okay, so it's the governor of Texas is not sending his state's National Guard to help New York because they're needed at the border. That okay. makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Use other people. <laughs> yeah. They're the only thing standing between us and a full-scale invasion. The invasion is in slow is slow motion. Invasion? Situ- yeah, the invasion. Yeah, yeah, and and the response to that is the invasion is slow motion. That situation in New York isn't, um, which I guess has just been g- doing some straight up uh, uh, fucking white supremacist shit right there. Um, that is what's wow. Going on. Yeah, it does. The seem slow like motion that, invasion. <sighs> They're going to infect us. Yeah, um, that's good. Uh, she, she glances at the television. The rescue pool was crew was pulling another body from the water. A young girl wearing uh, a Disneyland sweatshirt. It was footage Ellen knew from nine eleven that they'd only showed a day during live coverage. Then the psychiatrist would explain to the network Brett Jesus. Um, what, yeah, what's that's going a bad on? Sentence. sentence. Help so <laughs> Ellen is, you know, guilt-ridden because she cares about what's happening in New York City, and she watched 9-11 happen in person, I think, uh, and she's horrified that uh, her boss isn't going to send troops to help with the explosion that just happened in New York, and so she turns back to the TV, and I'm going to read the sentence here. The rescue crew was pulling another body from the water, Dash, a young girl wearing a Disneyland sweatshirt period. It was footage, comma, Ellen knew from 9-11, comma, that they'd only show today, comma, during live coverage, dash. Then the psychiatrist would explain to the network brass that showing such images was triggering, comma, and the fit pictures would disappear to spare the sensitivities of the American viewer. 
It's not a good. God, sentence. that's a sentence. That um, is. How did she know? Also, what? Pull she knew from 9 11 because in 9 11 they river? showed horrible, bloody footage and then they stopped showing horrible, bloody footage all the time. News agencies show things that are not footage from 9 11 of dead people and this that's bad. Might what a be mess. Um, <laughs> a really dumb question of mine, but mm-hmm. did people end up in the river in 9 11? Um. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think the river was a big part of nine eleven. This is. This I mean, is, it's just like to, I don't I know. Think they're, I'm they're more. Yeah, it's badly locked written. on. The whole thing is badly the whole written. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think I know what he's saying, but not because of his writing. That's fine. We don't need to understand it. Let's give it. Like it's just, it's saying it's like the nine like nine eleven happened. They showed footage, and that was damaging psychologically, and 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 she knows that. And so when she sees this new footage of this new oh, terrorist attack, it makes oh. her think like, oh, they shouldn't be showing this footage, right? Is that what he's saying? Mm, I think that they, no, she's I saying that there's she, footage from that, 9-11 of somebody being pulled from a river and they're playing she, No, she, that's not. She's just saying that the footage from 9-11 that was very gory didn't get played enough after 9-11 because psychiatrists explain that that's triggering uh, and they wanted to spare people's okay. sensitivities. And the idea is that, no, we should always be aware of how bloody 9-11 was um, and never stop showing people horrible footage from it. That's that's what is happening there. That's what Shouldn't have had to think about this sentence so much anyway. Yeah, it's a bad sentence, which is why Could we're spending so much time trying to figure it out. Yeah. So uh, at the end of this, Bubba's like, you know, look, I'm not going to send the National Guard. And Ellen's like, what's the president going to do if you turn him down? And Bubba's like, well, he's not going to send the National Guard after me because they're all in New York. Um, and that's basically where this ends. Uh, so, next uh, is a chapter. So we have learned nothing about Ellen. Very little. Except very little that she's about anyone. a pretty cool wife. I don't know. Everything in that chapter that happened just happened to Ellen. She, I said she cool made wife. No decisions. How many chapters yeah. are God, there left? Uh, enough <laughs> for a few more episodes. That's for darn sure. We're about. Uh, we're we're about to be. We're about like. 40% of the way through part two collapse. And, and I don't part, know what this book's of, about. Of the book is the end of the beginning. I, I don't know either, Katie. Oh, he went with the end of the beginning, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, oh. Ben wanted to write this into a series, but then it was unreadable. But then it was, um, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was a horrible book. Um, oh, don't call your shot like that, buddy. <laughs> no, don't call your shot like that, buddy. Um... So Soledad chapter, she's in Minot, North Dakota now from South, uh, Southern California, which is quite a trek. Uh, they're not close, not close places to one another. Um, yeah, they made their way to the farm gradually. Uh, they made, they'd made their way to the farm gradually. At first there were only a few friends and family of the militia members, an agglomeration of survivalists and nuts. I don't belong here, Soledad thought. Then she realized that they were here because of her. Minot, North Dakota, lay near the banks of the Souris River, a mid-sized town of 40,000 just south of the Canadian border. It was truly the middle of nowhere, Soledad thought. They'd move north, then north, then north some more, out of the populated areas, out where it would take a lot of manpower to track them down. They'd nearly been tracked down in California. The authorities still thought they were there, having originally believed mistakenly that they'd been burnt that they'd been burned during the fire at the ranch. 
By the time investigators caught on to the fact that they were still alive, they were in Idaho. Every few days they moved, until they reached Minot. In Minot, Aiden had allies and friends. His parents had come from there before moving south, and he still had a pack of relatives. Yada, yada, yada. So this is, again, we're just going to like tell you, summarize uh, an exciting journey across the country yep. <laughs> while being tracked by federal agencies in a couple of paragraphs, because like, we don't have time to... Who cares? He's fuck also... this shit. Yeah. Why yeah. would we want scenes in a book... You should just yeah. write blah, would, blah, wanna... blah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, we just wound up there. So, okay, they, they're they hunkering down with Aiden's family along with a bunch of an inde- an undetermined number of bikers and survivalists and militia members um, who we Are never hear. Are these going to be the guys that de- decoded Brett's message? Probably, right? We're probably going to learn that. Yeah, um, they're, they've, yeah, yeah. they've yeah, got they, a plan. They start recruiting people, local boys who didn't want to be sent. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. They're all 17. Yeah, yeah. People who didn't want to get called up to the National Guard, but I guess legally were supposed to get called up and instead join a militia, which I believe is treason. Um, Mm. I I, I suspect you could, that's at least, like, modest treason. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Mild treason. Mild treason. So... Yeah, she starts recruiting people and building a base in North Dakota uh, and builds eventually a small force of nearly 40. Uh, Soledad knows all of them. She had a gift for connecting with people. It was the same gift that made her a staple of the evening news coverage, and she was truly interested in all of them. It flattered most of them. All of them were grateful for a place to go. Again, we just hear this. We don't meet any of these people, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we're we're reading a a constant montage. Yeah, look, yeah. he's writing a great epic. We don't have time for the nitty gritty <laughs> or for pleasantries. Yep. yep. So we learn about her little little posse. They're starting to run short on money. Uh, yada yada. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's pretty boring stuff. Uh, we're just talking about like, <laughs> like how she's I was just gonna say how Aiden so like goes to a bar after buying groceries to to sit and like what? watch the news sometimes. God, I'm um, so glad I know that detail. Yeah, Wait, what? Great. So he learns oh. from. So the, I know what, nothing about this person from that. So and okay. again, Ben uses this detail of of this. Aiden's the Secret Service man who shot down the helicopter. Um, okay, right, right, right. So, okay, so he okay. goes to a bar after buying groceries to have a beer and like watch TV and, and, and catch up on the news coverage because they're not they don't have any internet access or television like where they're all hiding out. Uh, and this is mainly an opportunity for Ben to spend several more paragraphs talking about the foreign policy impacts of the 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 raid on Tehran and Ibrahim Ashami's attack and all of that stuff. Uh, and his victory speech is a terror. So it's all just more like news dumping shit um as opposed to i mean i guess this is a little bit of something right this is actually this is actually an improvement for ben i'll I'll give him that because normally ben just tells us where a character is spends several pages talking about things that just happened that we don't see off screen and then moves on to like the narrative and in this case he's attempted to weave this info dump which we get every chapter, one of these info dumps. He's attempted to weave it into the narrative because at least here, Aiden's sitting at a bar getting angrier and he like shatters the bottle in his hand, cutting it because he's so angry at the news. This is this at least does build something of a character and shows him like it, it, it's it's a little bit better than just giving it a dump of things that happened. Yes. Yeah, it illustrates a viewpoint and like an emotion uh, and a reaction from a character. It is still a montage though. 
Yeah, um, it is still a montage, and then Aiden's flipping channels after breaking the beer and cutting his hand, and he comes across uh, MSNBC covering the streets of Detroit, um, and uh, our our friend Levon. You remember Levon, the crack dealer who's friends with? Oh boy, uh, do I? Yeah, whatever. Oh yes. Um, yeah. Uh, things could get this could get out of control. The reporter said, a hopeful gleam unmistakably shining in his eye. This morning, a leader of the uprising, one Levon Williams, posted a list of demands on the website of the Fight Against Injustice and Racism movement. That's what they're calling the Fair Movement. Here's what we know about Levon Williams. He's a graduate of the University of Michigan with a degree in African American studies. No police record. Model citizen by all accounts. Owns a barbership on Eight Mile Road. According to public interviews he's done, he came back to the community in an effort to bring prosperity home. The shooting of Kendrick Malone. So yeah, we just have this other character who hasn't had any direct connection to Detroit learning about the things happening with one of the other characters in Detroit through the news at a bar. Because that's how you write a thrilling novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So now we're just we're just playing an interview with one of the other characters that a character who has not met that character is watching on TV in a completely different location that has nothing to do with great, incredible writing. Whose chapter is this? This Ellen? is this is Soledad's chapter. Also, Soledad. that's what I thought. <laughs> that is exactly we, uh, what I thought. Yeah, we're we're we've moved on to someone completely different, listening to an extended interview <laughs> with someone else completely different. Because this is a well written book. Yeah, it's um, good again, and I like it. pages go by, and we're talking about Levon's theories for how the police force should be redone, and like it's just uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Soledad sitting on the porch of a cabin. We're back to her. Oh, oh back to did. her. That's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's she's sipping tea. Uh, an old, a grizzled old recruit named Ezekiel Pope, uh, who's black and comes from Los Angeles, uh, comes up to talk to her. I'm sure he's got some wisdom here. Um, yeah. yeah, can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. yeah. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel. Uh, and he, he'd been called into his superior's office just after the New York attack, told to round up his men and get ready to ship out to New York. For some reason, he'd come to Soledad instead. So he just, again, just another dude committing some treason uh, to go hang out in North Dakota with an unclear also, goal. Again, like, for some reason, he did this. Talk yeah. about it. Just, like, have her, yeah. like, just show me. I, yeah, I can't. have her explain. Have him explain like why he's doing. Like she's she's you know uh, having a long dark tea time of the soul because she's brought all these people out here and everything's getting worse and she doesn't know what to do. And this guy says, you know, I followed you for this reason or you know, the, the, here's what happened to me and like I decided like wherever you were gonna go, that's where I was gonna go to. And like then she knows she has the confidence to do the thing that's necessary next or whatever. Like fucking. And something. we. The reader, yeah, understand and are slightly more engaged with what's going on, yeah. Uh, uh. But instead, like we make it's made very clear by Ben that Soledad actually has no controller agency in in this situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Aiden said Aiden said he hadn't given reason for the for deserting, but that he's but he but he said that Ezekiel was trustworthy. Soledad had no option but to trust Aiden's judgment. Ezekiel looked over the snow falling silently into itself. He wore heavy work gloves on his hand and an M4 slung over his shoulder, a maroon scarf around his neck. Soledad gestured at the gun. What's that for? We're gearing up. Gearing up for what? Well, you tell us. After all, you're the terrorist, Mama. That's what we're calling you now, you know. Ever since the escape, she felt sick to her... So they're just, like, picking up guns for no reason and saying, like, okay, we're all going to go do something. You have to tell us what. 
like, but it's not up to you to tell us to get armed in the first place. We're just all going to get armed and then t- tell you it's time to figure out something random to do. I don't know. None of this makes it's any sense. Unclear. This isn't how people act. Yeah. That's how they act in bread and breads. <laughs> Ben's brain. Yeah. I hate this book. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this guy s- tells her that the best defense is a good offense, uh, and when your force is small, concentrate it and hit them while they're weak. And she asks, who are they? And he says, the same people who shut down your farm, uh, the people who attacked you, um, which are back in California, and they're in North Dakota. Um, and he tells her that they have to move or die now. Um, and it's very unclear as to who he wants her to shoot or why or who they could shoot that would improve their situation. Uh, or how it would be related to her farm being destroyed in South, in Southern California, but but that's where this ends. Yeah, is him saying what? we've got to move or die, and we have to hurt the people who hurt you, who okay. are thousands of miles away. It's good. great chapter, Ben. It is a great, great chapter, and you know what? I think it's about time that uh, we call this one Aww. a day at the beach. Yeah, I think so. Our next chapter is a Levon chapter. I'm sure that's going to be Ooh, fun. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I'm excited yeah, we'll, now. We'll get back to this. Don't worry, friends. By the time we get to this next, uh, it might just be a full-on civil war, like the one Ben perfectly predicted here. And once. What a nice escape this has been. It is a nice escape. It's a nice <laughs> escape into a world of people being very wrong. Yeah, <laughs> on purpose, seemingly. Yeah, Katie, Cody, would you like to plug your pluggables? Oh, you know it. Uh, More than anything, you guys can check out our other stuff over at Some More News, which Cody hosts and I produce. We have a podcast called Even More News, and we also co-host Worst Year Ever with Robert. We sure do. Cody, give some. Sure yeah, we got a Patreon at dot com slash some more news. Um, I, you can follow me on the social medias at Doctor Mister Cody and Katie Stole at Katie Stole. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things. Robert is I write okay on Twitter. We have social media at Bastards Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We have a T Public store and. <laughs> This all. book is draining. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have energy. All, I feel like I've died. Book. Could be everything, but I think it's the Honestly, it's, also, it's also fucking yeah, Monday. It's, it's fucking Monday. Yeah, On the unnecessarily long month of August. So long. Yeah. Oh all right, gosh. podcast over. Yay. Love y'all. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Bye. The end Bye. of the beginning. Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.